Hello, this is Robert Rickover. Uh, I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Lincoln, Nebraska. I teach in Toronto also, although these days I'm teaching uh, pretty much exclusively online. My guest, Imogen Ragone, is an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware, a city that has been in the news of late. Indeed. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking the early 2021. And Imogen uh, also teaches online. And I, for this uh, video, and I think probably a podcast will be made into a podcast also, uh, Imogen's going to be interviewing me. And the topic is, what is the Alexander technique approach to breathing? Imogen? Okay. Well, Robert, I think... Um as we may have listeners who don't even know what the Alexander technique is, we'll start with that sure. very short definition. What is the yeah. Alexander technique? Well, I, I, there are many different definitions, but I would say for me right now, it's a way to learn how to use your physical and mental mechanism efficiently uh, as you go through life. Um, on this particular planet where certain forces are operating on you and learn how to make the best use of those forces and uh, do whatever you do with less unnecessary effort and greater ease. Sounds good. So what is it about the approach to breathing? Why did you wanna to talk to, about it? And why is breathing itself and the quality with mm. which we breathe, why is that, why is that important? Right, I, and, and, and that's, it's, a, it's a really good question. I mean, a lot of people would uh, think, well, you know, I've been breathing all my life, <laughs> I'm still here. So why would, uh, why would a process like the, uh, why would there be a process that um, looks into that and maybe would suggest some ways of changing your habits around breathing. And the answer is that a lot of people don't really breathe as efficiently as they might. They, they're, not get, they're not getting all the air they really, as you might put it, be entitled to. And their, their breathing is shallow and they're simply not getting as much fresh air into their bodies as would be a good idea. And in fact, uh, the founder of this method, F. Matthias Alexander, uh, was up against that very issue. And in his case, it, it would, occurred when he was reciting, he was a Shakespearean reciter. And uh, he people, he was very talented, but he would, he would start gasping for breath a few minutes into his performances. And, he, and that set him off on a whole series of self-explorations that uh, really uh, led to the foundations of this work 120, 30 years, 130 years now, I guess, later. So there's a long history of an interest in breathing just because that's how technique got started. And um, in fact, Alexander, uh, when he first arrived in England from Australia, he arrived in uh, 1904 and, and developed a practice there pretty quickly. 
um, he, he was known by many in that world, in the theater and arts world, as the breathing man. Um, not that he was, yes, he was breathing, but <laughs> that seemed to be one of the things that he was most effective at helping people for. They, they felt that was the most important thing they got from it. So, um, so yes, I think there are, for a lot of people, they could breathe a lot more easily. And that's kind of the short answer to, to sure. your so, question. So what is it about the, um, the general Alexander Technique approach to breathing um, mm. that, that, that you want to kind of highlight and what's, sure. how is it different from a lot of sort of conventional wisdom about breathing? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to just say at the beginning that I am not a breathing expert uh, in the Alexander world. There are some Alexander teachers, and I'm thinking particularly of Jessica Wolf. Yeah. And I think there's some others, and I'll put a link to her site, who've kind of specialized in, in, in teaching Alexander teachers and perhaps others uh, how to teach breathing in a more efficient way. Uh, yeah, she had was a whole course you could take with her to do that. And I, I, I'm not, that's not been my main pursuit, but it, I've been thinking about it of late because um, been, I've uh, really struck by even people online who talk about uh, efficient a way of being, say, when you're meditating or when you're speaking, and they'll often use this phrase, uh, well, now take a deep breath as a, as a mantra. And if you, certainly, if you go to a doctor's office and they have their, they, their little uh, listening to your chest, right? Okay, take a deep breath. And um, th that go, that, from an Alexander point of view, is not a great idea, and it's. I have to say that is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> this, this, oh, take a breath, take a deep breath. Anyway, I'll let you continue. <laughs> well, I, my guess is that pretty much all people who have, or Alexander teachers and who have trained a bit in the technique, would also, it would be something they would find a. a not a great instruction. And of course, one can get around it very easily by just starting with an exhale and then letting the air in, which is what we'll talk about a little bit. But um, that's one of the things that, because often these are people that are pretty sophisticated about things like how they sit on their sits bones or uh, how their heads managed on top of their spine. They have some interesting ideas about that, that that make good sense. But when it comes to breathing, they seem to have bought into this idea of, well, taking a deep breath being a good idea. So um, I think to the, the general, the short version of the general Alexander technique approach to breathing is just get out of the way and let it take care of itself. Now that it might sound a bit mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! What, how do I do that? Yeah, question, yeah. Right. 
That sounds great, but how would I do it? And uh, the answer is, the Alexander answer is that you really don't have to do it, but you have to deliver to yourself a message, and these are called Alexander directions, that will enable that to happen or will facilitate that happening. And the absolutely simplest direction of all around this topic is um, a, a self-instruction coming from your prefrontal cortex to the rest of you. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not breathing. That's one. You could just say to yourself, I'm not breathing. Or if you don't want to go that route at the beginning, I'm free to breathe. Or my breathing is free. So you're, you're issuing kind of a general statement, but you are not micromanaging what comes out of that. I'm just wondering if people might wonder about the I'm not breathing. Oh, I, um, I, I brought that up because uh, Alex- Because obviously you want people to breathe, right? <laughs> and, and, and actually that, the question of that kind of direction, I'm not breathing, that is what we're gonna cover in our second interview uh -huh. about breathing. But just um, jumping ahead, Alexander uh, does favorably quote a student of his from who knows when, who says in effect, oh, I see now when I don't breathe, I'm breathing. Now that's an odd statement too, and it's related to this, I'm not breathing. So maybe we put that aside for a second, but the, the direction I'm free to breathe or my breathing is free, um, is you putting out an idea, like all directions, but not implementing it. And there's some trick, there's some skill in learning how to do that. Um, the temptation to implement is pretty strong. And I don't want to get into that whole thing. There are plenty of resources about Alexander directions in general. But the, the, basic, the basic idea is get out of the way and let breathing take care of itself. So um, that's, that is, as I say, I think that's the general take on things. And um, I- Well, do you- yeah. if, do you have, what's the kind of key point or takeaway that you would like people to well, pull from everything you've said? Um, well, I wanna, I, I'd like to elaborate on that idea a little bit. Uh, okay. We do that um, and talk a little bit, get into the weeds of breathing a little bit. Okay. Specifically, you know, the breathing cycle is air goes out, air comes in, exhale and inhale. And uh, as I said before, you know, you go to a doctor and he wants to listen to your chest, he'll say, take a deep breath. So he'll want you to start with the inhale. And the problem with that is that you can inhale with as much effort as you can muster and you want, you're gonna be limited 
but, uh, in terms of how much fresh air can come in to how much space is available for it to come into. And if there's old air that hasn't been exhaled before hanging out somewhere in that cavity, then that limits the amount of fresh air you can get in. It's a pretty simple concept, but it's one that gets overlooked a lot. I know whenever I go to the doctor, it's like, I always like, okay, breathe out. And then I'll do my in-breath. Right. So yeah. it leads to an idea that sometimes almost sounds like the primacy of the exhale, that that's the really important thing that sometimes uh, Alexander teachers or breathing coaches might say, leave plenty of time for the exhale. Don't be in a rush to switch over to the inhale. Sometimes they'll even say, well, make it a count of four or five and the inhale a, a, a smaller number like three. So it's a way of kind of getting you to take more time for the exhale, less time for the inhale. In, in, uh, inhale. But and that's a relatively crude way of approaching it. But you might find, for example, that if you think to yourself, my breathing is free and, and just, just that, and you don't try to implement it. And then maybe out of the a corner of your mind, you might happen to notice that the exhales seem to be a little longer than the inhales and that they're both getting more, you're getting more air into you that way. So I think that's what will happen if you, if you get out of the way, the exhales for most people, I think are gonna be a bit longer than the inhales. But it's, I think, you, and you could, you could play with that by counting, but I think ultimately a more efficient way to get it, simpler way is just, ah, my breathing's free. And uh, as I say, it's simple to say that, and there is an implementation issue that's really crucial that we're not gonna get into those weeds right now. So uh, that's, that's one thing I'd like to say. And the other thing is it's often then said by people who are sort of aware of that even, well, the only part of breathing that requires any effort on your part is the exhale. And the inhale will take care of itself. Now, what I think they're getting at is the inhale will take care of itself without you doing any effort up in the neck and throat area. That, anything like that, and which is what Alexander was about early on before he discovered the Alexander technique. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it's not true that there's no effort. The effort, there is an effort to create the vacuum. And once the vacuum's there, the air just comes in. But that effort comes from your ribs and even more from your diaphragm. Because in order to get that vacuum, you have to enlarge the capacity of your lungs, right? Mm -hmm. And that happens when the ribs come out, up and out a little bit, and the diaphragm pushes down because it's resting. The diaphragm's this big muscle that cuts across your torso, much higher than most people think. 
its resting position is dome-like up, an upward dome. So in order to create a vacuum and make the cavity bigger, it has to push down against your abdomen and your ribs have to come up a little. That takes a little bit of work. It's all happening in your torso and it all will take care of itself just fine if you get out of the way. But it's not like you, the in-breath is just a free thing. What is a free thing is once that cavity is expanded, atmospheric pressure, almost 15 pounds per square inch, shoves the air right in just fine. And, and, and I think that's an important thing to understand. Uh, it's not that the, the in-breath just happens on its own. You don't have to, your body doesn't have to do anything. It's just that what it's doing is not where a lot of people would think the doing would come from, which is <gasps> taking a deep breath. As I think the other thing is that we don't have to do anything to make it happen. No, we just- It is happening. I think one of the, to me, the very interesting thing about breathing is it obviously is something that goes on from the day we are born to the, the day we die. And, you know, it goes on when we're asleep and everything. So it, it just goes on on its own, doing its own thing. And yet we do have the capacity to consciously manipulate it. Yes. If we need to, like holding your breath underwater or something that might be, you know. Um, but we tend to, it seems like we've got into all sorts of unhelpful habits around well, breathing. Um, yeah, well it is um, an unusual activity in that regard. It can be left alone and it will function or you can intervene and alter it. And the question is, if you are going, if, if, and if it's functioning, functioning beautifully, and you use a direction like my breathing is free, well, nothing's going to happen because you're already breathing as well as you can. But most, most of us, I think, have developed habits that have made our breathing less than optimal. And there's where a little intervention can be useful. But it's, a, it's not an intervention about doing something. It's an intervention about telling your body what you want and saying, okay, take care of it. Because one thing about the prefrontal cortex is while it's fantastic at coming up with ideas, it is the world's worst micromanager because it doesn't <laughs> have the capacity to do that. And if you want to, if, if you really want to mess up your breathing, try to micromanage every aspect of it because you, there's just no way you can do that. But you can give a big picture instruction. And if you do it effectively, and that, as I said, is a skill, then your breathing's going to get better. It'll get as good as it can be right now. And then over time, it might get a lot better. So that's, um, uh, that's really uh, all I have to say. <laughs> right. So would you say like the biggest takeaway is that. Don't get out of the way. Get, yeah. Yeah. And, and get out of the way may, may require you to actually come up with a strategy for getting out of the way. And 
there probably are other strategies, but I must say, I think the Alexander technique strategy of saying, I'm, my breathing is free is a pretty, pretty simple and amazingly effective one. I wanted to just add the idea that uh, many people go to um, Alexander lessons and classes for nothing to do with their breath, but because the Alexander technique works with improving your entire coordination, that's one way you could, of, of how you move yep. around and um, that within that, because you're moving and your posture is better, using that word, um, and as you move around in your world, your breathing naturally improves without any direct intervention because yeah. everything around it is working better and we work as a whole. So I just sort of wanted to put that context because Alexander Techniques very much about the whole mind-body self. And yeah, absolutely. The, even though we're isolating talking about breathing, it's in the context of how we function as a whole. Well, the, the ex, uh, excess tensions that you're dealing yeah. with generally in Alexander yeah. work uh, not only affect, as you say, your posture or how, how smoothly you move through space, but certainly it's going to affect your breathing because breathing is a movement. There's a lot of movement in your torso yeah. when air comes in and out. Uh, the obvious ones being your rib and your diaphragm, but everything's connected with everything else in your body. So it's uh, not, not surprising that breathing would be affected. And conversely, that anything that improves your breathing is almost certainly going to improve everything else. Actually, yeah. uh, a very well-known Alexander teacher named Walter Carrington that a lot of Alexander teachers will, will know, uh, basically said, I don't have his exact quote in front of me, but if you get the breathing going well, you can be pretty sure everything else is. I, he has a, yeah. he phrases it. Yeah, yeah, more absolutely. That, but, but basically that, so yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay, thank you, Robert. Oh, Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. So my, my guest and my guest interviewer today has been Imogen Ragone an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. I will put links to her website, to the website of a, a woman named Jessica Wolf that I mentioned earlier, who's got some a nice video and a whole book about breathing, sort of the Alexander approach, which she actually get, takes some material from another, a breathing approach, and but it's, it's excellent work and it's really work it's yeah. very it's not it's it's uh yeah it's totally compatible with with alexander thinking and and you might want to investigate those so thank you so much imogen thank you